Welcome to the Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations, now covering Sanditon. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Jillian Davis. We're proud partners of the Frolic Podcast Network, a community made up of your favorite voices in all of Romancelandia and beyond. Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at the Pemberley and email us any questions at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pemberley Podcast. Today, we want to talk about a movie we both saw recently that I don't think we spent a lot of, I don't think we talked about this. It's no. To All the Boys I've Loved Before 2, P.S. I Still Love You. Yeah, I think since it's within the romance genre that we cover, I think mm-hmm. it's still great to talk about this. To All the Boys I've Loved Before, in case you don't know. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> You're not our I audience. I said it with such contempt. I'm like, yep. who are you that You're you don't know this? Audience. It's a girl in high school and letters that she wrote to different boys that she loved gets accidentally sent out by her sister. Yeah, she had no intention um, of sending these never letters. Sending They're these letters out. for herself. Letters that she addressed, <laughs> but you know, choices. And those get out in the first movie, those get out. Um, she's kind of has to deal with the repercussions of that. Long story short, she ends up in a fake relationship with Peter Kavinsky, who's like the most popular guy in school. And they end up actually falling for each other and start dating at the end of it. Which is not how the book ends. The mm-hmm. book ends a little more like, we'll see what happens. Yeah. The movie ends with, they get together, they are a couple. Yes, movie two starts with Lara Jean and Peter's first real date. Where yeah. they're not pretending to be together. They're actually together. And he takes her to a romantic Italian restaurant. And it's so fancy. And she's like, this is my first date. Like, she put a lot of thought into what she's wearing. I mean, Lara Jean puts a lot of thought into everything she does. It's one of the things I like about her. Mm-hmm. We got a, a kind of a snippet of it at the end of the first movie. But then they recast him. But <laughs> the idea was that one of the other letters that got out was to a boy named John Ambrose McLaren. Mm-hmm. Who she knew from Model UN. And uh, nerds. Yeah, nerds. <laughs> he's suddenly back in her life because he also found the letter and is like, whoa, uh, you liked me? I liked you too. Suddenly now, Lara Jean finds herself in a love triangle between her boyfriend, Peter, and this guy who is actually really great for her and actually maybe a better match. It's real tricky because, you know, Peter Kavinsky is like, dreamy and like they went through this thing together that's bonded them but like she and john ambrose have much more of a stable foundation like they're both nerds Mm -hmm. they're both smart kids they meet volunteering at an old people like the nicest old people's home i've ever seen in my life right um you know they they have that foundation of just stuff in common they already Mm -hmm. they like to read they they think about a lot of things and so in a way he's kind of perfect for her yeah and peter's always like late because of lacrosse practice and like another thing that laura jean feels really insecure about is that he has like peter has a lot of experience with girls and she has no experience with guys mm-hmm. and i think she feels on sort of more level playing field with john ambrose yeah like we don't know yeah, his yeah. deal but like she just she doesn't feel intimidated by him yeah yeah they seem to have been like definitely more friends whereas like with peter he was just like the sort of like 
popular guy she never talked to really Mm -hmm. and so with john it was more of an equal friendship Mm -hmm. so in the movie they have to do volunteer hours for high school so they both end up at the same place at the same like retirement home uh, for people who are still in great shape yeah 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 to be there uh so that's where they really get together and bond laura jean thought that once she was with peter the thought of other guys would just leave her head completely and for the most part it does until she comes across until she like gets to know and starts hanging out with John Ambrose. Yeah. And then just there's like a million sweet little moments between Mm -hmm. them where like they're just like really good together. Yeah. It did almost make me wonder like if John Ambrose got to her first, if they started dating and then later Peter Kavinsky got the letter and like approached Laura Jean about it, would it have been the same results? You know, like would she have just been like, no, I'm fine with John Ambrose or would she have been like, oh, but I've always wondered about dating the popular guy. I think the second one. Like I don't think there's a way around her losing interest in Peter. Like Peter just like has that thing that she's so drawn to and I don't think there's any getting away from that. You know, I still think she'd like, if she were with John Ambrose, if if it might be worse if you were with John Ambrose because she would feel guilty falling for a guy who she has less in common with you know at least with Peter they're already together so she's got like that relationship lock she's always like with someone running away from feelings for another person (laughs) because in the first movie she's only with Peter to run away from her feelings with Josh yeah and that complication with like Josh dating her sister yeah and in this movie she's still with Peter trying to run away from her feelings with John Ambrose (laughs) true and like Part of me wonders if there's like a part of her trying to run away from her feelings for Peter because she thinks he's going to break her heart. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. I because think like, so. I think she feels this this unbalance between them where like yeah. she, she'd do anything for him and she's just not certain that he'd do the same for her. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I thought it was a great movie. I, I like, thought it was cute. It's got some bad reviews, but I think that people, bad reviews. the people who give it like, bad reviews, I think don't get what the movies are supposed to be, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, because the bad reviews kind of came from everywhere. But <laughs> I know. And I was like, can we just call this what it is? Like I, I was know. worried it was going to suck. I was ready to possibly make fun of it if need be. And guess sure. what? I, I was like on pins and needles. There I were some it. interesting choices, a little more of like the magical realism of like when she was lip syncing down the hall or when like they floated up and yeah. above the house. Mm-hmm. There were some, those were like new elements at this director who was the DP. Yeah. I think, right? So the guy who was the DP on the last movie mm-hmm. was the director of this movie. And, and he's I was the director of the third. Because I mean, Honestly, honestly, book two isn't as great as book one. Like, I've heard. You can't compare book one to book two. Like, they're not the same. I've heard. And I would say the same for book three. So if there's going to be negative reviews around movie three, it's it's the book. (laughs) So You're like, look at the source material. There's not much you can do with that. Well, but it's interesting because, like, the books deviate from the movie, or the movies deviate from the books like in a huge way like the endings of movie and book one were so different you know Mm -hmm. because at the end of um book one she like kisses josh and everyone sees yeah like there's this huge rift between the covey sisters and peter is really upset about it and he storms off and so laura jean yeah there's like a mess you totally missed the love triangle that is josh peter laura jean yeah you 
don't get at all, actually, that Josh was into Laura Jean. No, that's right. Like, that was the whole, that's where the conflict came into play is, like, yeah. she has a shot, you know? Like, yeah. I feel like that's one of Laura Jean's weaknesses is just, like, wait, I had a shot with you? Like, she counts, I think she's someone who's, like, very introverted and she counts herself yeah. out a lot. And then when she finds out these guys are actually into her, she's like, well, do I follow my heart? Do I go for it? Mm-hmm. They're cute. Rom-com movies. It's yeah, fun. It's yeah. a fun time. Go watch the Don't movie. Don't take it too seriously. Good yeah. <laughs> Don't make it into something it's not. I know. It's on Netflix. Watch it. Read yeah. the books. Uh, speaking of naive girls, just like stumbling <laughs> through love. Between two men. Between two men that were just like, ah, choices. Let's jump right into Sanditon, episode four. Yes. Yeah, so the PBS uh, logline is, Charlotte and Sydney clash over Miss Lamb's love life, mm-hmm. and Charlotte strikes up a new friendship. Freaking oh, hate these are <laughs> such an oversimplification of like, these plots. I feel like they just kind of described the same thing, you know? It's yeah. like Charlotte's adventures with Miss Lamb and her lover. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of these log lines. No, no. Uh, but the episode starts with uh, Charlotte's going to the town post office picking up a package and you also see Miss Lamb's lady's maid picking up a letter for her and delivering it. I think it's important to mention that we just left off oh, right. with Miss Lamb writing mm-hmm. a letter while gazing at a um at a photo or a drawing oh, right. whatever yes, it was yes. of uh, a times. young <laughs> of a young man. Yeah. <laughs> so she's got a portrait of a young man and she's like mm, So she right. sent a letter and now she's received a letter Ooh. back. It's uh, like texting. I know. But longer. It just takes longer. <laughs> yep. Lady Denham has been keeping track of all the single men, single women eligible uh, who she could marry off for Esther and Edward. I think that would be a hoot and a half when you're like old, like so old and so rich and you just like have nothing and you're just like, <laughs> yeah. what young people? Like, think of it, you're like building an empire. I know. And you're just like coupling people up and yeah. just like have a family That's here. Fun. Yeah. But she's like, ugh, the Earl of Sussex is married. How dreadful. <laughs> and I, I love it when that they're married. Clara's just like, you're getting, you wanted to get married to him and she's like no child i have a title i have wealth why would i get married yeah it's for you know i don't know their relationship they're your cousins whatever they are but it's for them and i love that it is like she's only considering partners for edward and esther not for clara at all she is not involved in this conversation no i mean like clara is so I mean, I just feel like we just don't know enough about her station because, like, yeah. we like we talked about this in the last episode. She probably comes from extreme poverty. She has a relation. We don't know what it is. Right. So, like, she doesn't. She's not someone with a title. She doesn't have money. I mean, she's not. Who, yeah. Like, how would who would she marry her off to? That's. The th- I mean, it's interesting that like, is she that hopeless <laughs> that like not even getting married to someone of any status would help her but it's weird because you know that like the situation with her living with lady denim isn't forever what's gonna happen to this girl and i think she's very aware of that too that's why she's she's biding her time for sure trying to claw onto anything Mm -hmm. but lady denim sends her off she's like go deliver this uh to esther and edward and i love that she tries to play like oh but my arm still hurts you know she's like do you walk with your arm (laughs) (laughs) she's like it's funny that your legs are fine. Yeah. You can walk. Yeah, you didn't burn your legs. And she's like, dang it. It's like, uh, you know, you can only get Lady Denim's pity for so long after she's like, 
you're young. Keep yeah. walking. Yeah, yeah. Then we go, uh, we're back with uh, in Charlotte's world, and she goes to visit the stringers, one of which mm-hmm. whose leg was just recently saved from getting yeah. cut off. And we see some more interaction between young Stringer and Charlotte. Yeah, there. I mean, young Stringer's happy. He's like, oh my goodness, she cares about me and my father. She's just stopping by. I know. Just like, wanted to check on you boys. But this is where we get a little more of like young Stringer's ambitions to, you know, work his way up in the world and be more than what his father was and more than what this life is. You know, he wants to pursue a career that may be outside of Sanditon even, you know? Whatever opportunities that come up. But he shows Charlotte like these plans that he's drawn up and he's so proud of it and Charlotte's like, good job young Stringer. But the father is not so quick to encourage his son Mm -hmm. and his, you know, he's been someone of like this working class of like, I did this, my father did this, his father did this. Mm-hmm. Where you have a good life, what more do you want? Yeah. And young like it's Str- dangerous to want more. Yeah. And so young Stringer is of this mind of like, no, there's more possibilities now. We're in a new world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very new world. His dad is literally like, you wasted three candles on drawing those things. Like, <laughs> that's how he sees it. Like, no, you didn't pursue your ambitions. You wasted good candles. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I think it's hard when like the person you look up to most in your life is like, there's no point in like wanting something beyond this. Like a good, solid, honest, working class life, you know? Like, I I get like feeling bad for wanting more because, like, in his father's eyes, it's like, where does the wanting more stop? Huh? There's mutual respect for each other, which is why, like, it feels like they haven't fully had this conversation yet, right? It's like he's kind of tiptoed around, like, yeah, I kind of want to do more than what I'm doing. But he doesn't want to, like, offend his father in any way either because he does respect his dad of, like, everything he's done and all the work he's put into it but it's a tricky balancing situation with their relationship Mm -hmm. so charlotte's like i don't want to step into that (laughs) i'm gonna leave Um, bye (laughs) Bye. you guys talk about your feelings or don't your choice (laughs) or just like ignore the situation forever she goes to visit her good friend miss lamb keeping in mind that charlotte has just been asked by sydney to keep an eye on her and she's like okay I think she's just hoping that, like, nothing happens for her to, like, have to, like, rat out her friend. Mm -hmm. But Miss Lamb is just like, hey, how would you like to have a picnic today? She's like, that sounds like, you know, we could do other stuff, like, or we could do a picnic. (laughs) And we could go to this location. And you could tell everyone that we're going with the Parkers. Yeah, she's like, this time this place yep uh, right now <laughs> and she's like well are the parkers coming and she's like no but can you say that they are yeah she's she puts her in a very precarious situation where they're talking they're trying to convince mrs griffith to let them go the nanny and she's like <clears throat> to the parkers are gonna be there right and charlotte's just like i don't know how to lie <laughs> yeah no one told me how, how to this do happened, this. How this works i'm just an innocent girl Going Never heard along. a lie before. Yeah, and she, I mean, she wants to make Miss Lamb her friend happy, so she's like, I'm gonna go along with this. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. But, I mean, she thinks she's lying just to help her get out of the house. She doesn't know that she's helping her to lie to meet a young man. <gasps> That's right. So what's great is we go to this, like, house. It's, like, not anyone's, like, it's a beautiful estate, but, like, yeah. it's on the grounds. Mm-hmm. And she meets her boyfriend. Yeah. Surprise! <laughs> We're hanging out with my boyfriend today. It's very, it's a major surprise. <laughs> and his name is Mr. Otis Molyneux. 
Charlotte has had zero indication that Georgiana has been in correspondence with this man. Mm -hmm. Uh, She had no idea he would be showing up today. Mm -hmm. So it is a little bit shocking to then see him and suddenly see Georgiana kind of like, they're all over each other. They're like, oh my God, we're back together. Well, and now she has to be their chaperone. You know, because young people cannot just enjoy each other's company privately. That's inappropriate. Mm -hmm. So Charlotte is like the designated third wheel, yeah, um, and this is also where Georgiana finds out because Charlotte's like, I have to keep an eye on you. And Georgiana's like, why? You're mm-hmm. not my guardian. You were his spy. No, I I agreed to see that you were kept safe. That's all. I thought you were my friend, not his. So that secret got out real quick. <laughs> uh, a big part of their friendship is just like, isn't he the worst? And now that Charlotte's like, well, I got to know him and he's not that bad, but like, he's still that bad to Georgiana. Yeah. So like, they're in very sort of different places emotionally now. Mm -hmm. And so Charlotte feels like Georgiana put her in a terrible position for asking her to lie, to meet a boy. Now she has to stay so that like, they don't do anything inappropriate. And Georgiana's like, you're really lame for (laughs) wanting all of this. I know. Charlotte's trying to make the most of the situation, trying to be responsible. Georgiana kind of quickly forgets she even exists. So because she's like, I'm with my boyfriend. Yeah. So no, they're fine. <laughs> it's I feel like normal hormones are happening here where she's got this guy and she forgets about every other person that's ever yeah. lived. And she's like, I'm with the sun. It's okay. Someone loves me. <laughs> um <laughs> Kind of meanwhile, that's happening. Clara has gone to deliver the letter to Edward and Esther. Esther has received a letter from Babington because at their last talk, he said, can I write to you? And she's like, why waste your time? And he's like, I'm going to take that as a yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so he's written her a letter and Edward's just kind of reading it aloud and mocking it openly. And then Esther's like, come tighten my corset or whatever. And that's when Clara happens to catch a very intimate moment mm-hmm. between Esther and Edward. Mm-hmm. And Edward is like kissing Esther's neck. Mm-hmm. And so she sees that, drops the letter, and like gets out of there before anyone spots her. But Esther kind of thinks someone saw them. Yeah. She's got that um, feeling of just like, oh no. She's like, someone's here. There's a letter here. Even though I think Clara might have suspected yeah. now this is like full confirmation that this, oh no she's so happy she's just like i am living right now i'm gonna have... get the money yeah. <laughs> money like, doesn't go to incestuous <laughs> no. kids and she's like not someone who's going to immediately run to lady denim be like lady denim lady denim i saw them no she's gonna play this in the perfect way that Clara knows how to play this. Mm-hmm. Revealing it slowly and torturing her well, slowly. <laughs> because think about it. If she just went to Lady Dem- Denim she w- and like told her what she saw, she doesn't have any proof. Right. So it would reflect poorly on her yeah. for like making up this awful, ugly lie right. about her competition. She'd be like, you dumb girl. You didn't know what you saw. Yeah, get out. You and lied I mean, to me. You're she lying. Would, if she asked Esther, she'd be like... <laughs> Clearly, she's mad. They, she's crazy. They so. both deny it. Yeah. Like, so she she needs to make play it so, like, the siblings know that she knows mm-hmm. and that she'll, like, it's more valuable if they know. Yeah, so. for sure. So there's actually a lot going on in this episode because yeah. there's quite a few C and D storylines going on. I guess the main storyline is obviously Otis is in town. He's there to see Georgiana. 
B storyline is that Clara knows about Esther and Edward. C storyline is Stringer and Tom Parker. They're still having like this battle between like, you told me you would bring more workers. And he's like, nah, I don't have money. But he's not telling anyone that yet. Mm-hmm. And the D storyline is that the other Parker siblings are kind of getting the consultation from the doctor still to like exercise basically like are we okay because we're never yeah. okay we never feel yeah, okay and yeah he's like you know you live very sedentary lifestyles yeah. i think if you like took a walk rode a horse took more sea baths you yeah you'd be like ship shape you'd be fine yeah. and uh the sister is just like what do you mean exercise we we've never done this sort of thing um so that's kind of also going on in the background do we need it not really but i think it's it kind of adds just like to this funny world and i don't know how much context really this gives into the times too of like how much were people actually moving (laughs) around this time i mean it's funny because i mean there weren't gyms or anything but that's because they weren't necessary because Mm -hmm. like now we have everything brought to us and like Mm -hmm. back in the day if you wanted water, you would go out to the well and pump it yourself. Right. And if you wanted to go anywhere, you had to climb in a carriage or ride a horse. Like, exercise was a part of living. Yeah, but if you were some uh, someone of a certain status, yeah. those things are still brought to you. Mm-hmm. Or someone you get in a carriage or you send out a maid to go fetch the mail or fetch water or whatever like that. So for certain people of, like the Parkers, they mm-hmm. may not be as active. <laughs> Except for Sydney. Except for Sydney. Who just like, who like who just has this washboard abs? Is maybe and that's the like only hobby. man of this time who has those abs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, funny. I don't think those abs existed. No, in that time. I mean that's definitely for us, for yeah. the viewers, oh, yeah. because I, like I was thinking about this, I was like, no one had like you know these guys with with Marvel superhero bodies. Right, that, that doesn't, doesn't exist, exist in nature. That's something no. you need to tone and work on. That's not something that just like happens when you like work with stuff you're still very strong right you're still very like in shape but yeah. you don't look like that doesn't that's not real <laughs> <laughs> they're not eating bare chicken breasts no. five times a day and spinach <laughs> smoothies or whatever it yeah. is but young stringer has plans for thomas and he's just like nah yeah thomas because like thomas was like also a bit of en- encouraging or or at least hearing young stringer out of being like yeah sure i'll, I'll look at your plans and see how it factors into the town Tom Parker shoots it down. He's like, mm, I didn't mean that. <laughs> and then step further, he's feeling real bad, feeling real poor, walks by in the town, sees Ugh. a beautiful, it's like a pearl necklace. And he's like, I wonder if my life would be better if like my wife had this beautiful thing. Like, I think it for him, it's like, I want to prove that like I'm not losing it and that yeah. I'm not losing money. So he buys this expensive necklace for his wife. She never asked for it. I think he's got the, like... He, like, lucked out in the wife department. Oh, yeah. Because she's so under... Like, he's, like, losing his head every single day. She's his rock. Like, he wants to be a good husband, but he knows that he's, like, failing in that department because he's, like, trying to build this town. Yeah, and I mean, to Mary, she's just like, yep, my husband comes home and tells me everything's great. So she's like, great, I'm just gonna keep going on as normal, just taking care of the house, taking care of the kids, and mm-hmm. being supportive. But he's not telling her the full truth. Mm-hmm. Oh, and speaking of men who are liars in this show, Edward <laughs> keeps, like, whispering sweet nothings to Esther, of just Ugh. like, when we get this money, we're gonna have this great life together. And I, I just hate his guts, because I, I can like see him. him. He's not as loyal to Esther as she is to him. Like, if no. she got that money, it would be their money in a heartbeat. And that's just something that was, like, it, 
was and is still expected of women. It's just like, you don't really want this for yourself, do you? You want it for your family, mm. for your husband. And for him, it's a very much a thing of like, I want this for me. And like, if I want to share some of it with Esther, like maybe I will, maybe I won't. We'll see how I feel. Yeah. And I just like hate his guts. He's so, he's so slimy. Yeah, he is. So back to Charlotte. They're in this beautiful field uh, having this picnic. And then Otis is like, you know, I saw saw a boat down there by the river. Maybe we can just go borrow it. Quotes, borrow it. I mean, they're going to like take it forever. Yeah, but but Charlotte is so like, we shouldn't even be here. You shouldn't exist right now. We can't go out. I identify with Charlotte yeah. in a big way. Because yeah. I still am. And I was always that kid who was just like, okay, we can't break any rules. Yeah. We can't do, we shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be doing this. We yeah. shouldn't be saying these things. You shouldn't be together. You're not even supposed to be in Sanditon. I just, I can't imagine like taking a boat that isn't yours. No. I and would die. I'd be like, no, you go have fun. I'll watch you. I'd be like, or we could stay here and not steal anything yeah. that belongs to another person. Um, but um. they do end up taking the boat. Mm-hmm. Things are fine. Things are great. And we kind of get more insight into Otis and Georgiana's relationship. I cannot live another day without you by my side. I must ask that you do me the honor of becoming my wife. And I swear that if you refuse me this one last time, I shall be forced to throw myself overboard. I cannot marry without Sydney's consent. You know that. If my life were my own, how different the answer would be. They clearly love each other and they could be together, Mm -hmm. but... There's no way that Sydney would allow them to get married. And this is where, like, Charlotte gets a bit of a wake-up call. And she's like, why wouldn't he approve of Otis? And Georgiana's like, because he's black. Like, Mm -hmm. that's why he doesn't approve of him. And she's like, well, that's not right. And she's like, well, ask your friend Sydney Parker, like, what he was up to in Antigua. Because he's not really anti-slavery like you think he is. Because this is, like, the early 1800s. I think slavery is not allowed in Britain but it's basically been outsourced right. to like America and to like the Caribbean and like all those islands. And just how innocent Charlotte is in getting a lesson in slavery right yeah. now. And they're like, actually, Charlotte, it's a real serious issue. She's like, what? <laughs> they still do that? <laughs> and we're like, Charlotte. It's not funny. I but it's know. Just- <laughs> but like the fact that. I mean, it's a reality that a lot of people in Charlotte's position just, they don't think about it. Mm-mm. It's not in their everyday life. It's not something they have to deal with. So when she suddenly has this friend and her friend's boyfriend are people who like have to deal with that, then she's like, I haven't been aware of this at all. And now yeah. she's suddenly very aware of it. And the mm-hmm. fact that now it's like, and Sydney has known and possibly been a contributing factor to this. Like, or at least at the very least is like pro-slavery. Yeah. We went from like rooting for them to hating Sydney. We don't yeah. want to root for a guy who's pro-slavery. No. So that's where Charlotte, I think, stops panicking, thinking, oh no, I'm gonna have to tell Sydney about all of this to being like, well, Sydney's been playing me and them the whole time. Yeah. I don't have to tell him anything. Guess what? I'm pro breaking the rules. What are <laughs> rules even? Rule- Slavery's know. legal. Rules aren't real. Like yeah. nothing is fair. <laughs> like she kind of yeah. goes through this whole like, ah, what do I? What's yeah, important to like me? Like this whole emotional journey of like, you know what? I'm gonna support Georgiana. I support Otis. Like yeah. I want them to be together. Mm-hmm. And you know they don't even realize that. Meanwhile, uh, they thought Sydney was still in London. Sydney is back in Sanditon. Ta-da! 
<laughs> and he is out searching for them because he's gone to the Parkers and Mary was like, oh, she's just out with Georgiana. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to Miss Griffiths and, and she's like, she's with the Parkers, of course. And he's like, what did you just say to my face? Yeah. She's, she's like, who? <laughs> Miss Griffiths, you had one job. I feel kind of bad for Sydney because he comes back like in high spirits. Like he's yeah. almost like, I, I want to hang out with Charlotte and Georgiana. Like maybe we could have a civil tea or something he kind of i mean he kind of is he's gonna go check on georgiana but he's really going to go see charlotte you know like Mm -hmm. that's what that's his intention yeah (laughs) in no time at all we find out that like he finds out he's been deceived yeah and he's like okay i hate charlotte again what was i i I can't trust trust this farm girl (laughs) i know all of this like goodwill that she built up in his head has just been shot and i'm just like oh man poor back to zero (laughs) yeah and like we're kind of not feeling bad for him because we have just been given the impression that he's pro-slavery so we're like i hope you're miserable i hate your guts i I hope you are drive yourself because at this point he's like okay she is not with anyone that I can trust, yeah. so I have no choice but to search the whole town on foot, horseback, whatever. Like, he has to look for her the old-fashioned way. Yeah. But now they're back in town, and it seems like, you know, gonna part ways now, like Otis is gonna go home. Sadly, they run into Sydney right in the middle of Charlotte's very good impression of Sydney. Oh, right. <laughs> She's just like, she's, uh, she, first she makes fun of Mrs. Griffiths, Mm -hmm. and then she's doing an impression of Sydney. Sydney Barker. (laughs) Gallivant around London with my high society dandy friends. Stop. (laughs) Now do go on. I'm intrigued to hear what I might say next. Uh, you just got caught making fun of him. And not not only that, but he knows you lied to him. He knows you were deceitful. So Sydney is rude to Otis. And I mean, more than he's just like, it's clear he knows about Otis. Oh, yes. And he's been like, I better not see your face around. Right. Because Miss Lamb has said, like, we're forbidden from seeing each other. So we know there's a history there and a history that involves Sydney Mm -hmm. of Georgiana has explicitly been told to not see Otis anymore. And this secret correspondence has been happening and this meetup has happened. So obviously Sydney is not happy that they continue to see each other. They part ways in a very awful way that like they're not able to say goodbye to each other. And Charlotte's like, can you at least be decent? Let them say bye to each other? And Sydney doesn't even give them that. No, he's like, nope, this needs to end right now. Yeah. And so we also hate him because we're like, oh, he's just being really racist right now. Yeah. And so we're like, wow, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And Charlotte calls out, calls him out on that very publicly in the street. You know what? She doesn't care. No, she doesn't care. She hates him right now. And she just figured out what slavery is. And she's like, that's bad. (laughs) So Sydney very quickly picks up on what, what she's accusing him of. And shouts, shouts at her. Yeah. In the most, like, oh, like, are you okay right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the truth is, you are so blinded by prejudice that you would judge a man by the color of his skin alone. You speak out. Why should I expect any better from a man whose fortune is so tainted with the stain of slavery? That is enough! Young Stringer sees, too. He's in the background watching all this unfold. Mm-hmm. Swoops in <laughs> yep. to kind of help save Charlotte. Yep. I think it's more embarrassing for Sydney. Because he's supposed to be a gentleman. Mm-hmm. He's out in public and he's shouting. To yell at ladies. He's shouting at a lady. He's shouting at a lady at a, of a much lower status than him. 
Not a good look. If ever there was a man who does not have it together, it's no. Sydney Parker right now. This guy's under a lot of stress. He's trying to help his brother pull, pull this town together. He's trying to just take care of this one girl. I know. And He's like, I, well, it's so frustrating for me. He can't even do his stupid job. I know. Like, part of his job as guardian is just keep men, bad men away from her. And he, like, she's making that impossible. Yeah. We have no indication that Otis is bad. No, we love Otis. We Otis, love Otis. He he's loves great... Georgiana. He's an upstanding gentleman. Yeah. Like, he's a good guy. And we like him. He wants to marry her. Yeah. Um, the thing is, like, we don't know his status. We don't know his background. We know that he's got, like, another life that we don't know about. Yeah. And all we know is that she is a woman of status with a lot of money. a hundred thousand pounds. So she is someone who people might be trying to woo and pursue. Mm-hmm. Um Rich people got to be careful that way. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah, a yeah. real problem of just like, <laughs> people are going to be trying to marry me only for my money. I could be stuck with this horrible husband forever. Yeah. And he will then, and then it's own his all money. my money. It's yeah. not our money. It's his money. It's his money. It's insane. Ugh. I hate everything. Awful. I hate the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> We're back with Clara confronting Esther about Edward. Yeah, so this is where she kind of makes more direct comments. Previously, I think they were at the piano and she was like trying to be like, so um, this Edward guy, you like him, right? And she's kind of making like more comments of trying to hint toward the fact that like she knows, she saw. And now they're outside and she more directly confronts her like, you don't love him, do you? And she very quickly realizes, oh no, Esther is fully in love with Edward. And based off the conversations that Clara has had with Edward, she knows that his feelings are not the same. In a way, she's like, both pities her and thinks she's pathetic because she's like, girl, you think he likes you, but in no way are his feelings the same as yours? Well, because I think at first she thought, oh, they have a sexual relationship. And so, like, maybe they just are carrying on this secret affair. But, like, right. when she realizes that, like, Esther would actually like a future with him and she'd like to properly get married and, like, have a whole thing, she's just like, you know that's not possible, right? right. You guys are, like, legally brother and sister. You cannot have this. And even if you wanted this, he wouldn't give it to you. At all. And even if he did marry you, he doesn't love you the way that you love him. He's got a wandering eye. Esther's like, you know, if we weren't brother and sister and if we just knew each other, we were just two people. We would have. He's like, she's and like, that's nope. where she's like, Mm-mm. we would have what? Yeah. Like, what are you thinking? Do you think he like wouldn't be looking at other women? Do you think he'd love you more? Do you think you'd like have more of a shot of being t- like, no, like, yeah, the reality is he just doesn't feel as strongly for you as you do for him. And you need yeah, to. it's kind of a bonding moment because like, they're both competition. They're both trying to get oh, this yeah. money. They can't both have it. It's not possible for you to have. But I think she's also trying to drive a wedge between them. Like, Definitely. It's half like what she's saying is absolutely true. But I don't think she's saying it out of the kindness of her heart. No, not she's, at all. She's like, you are never going to have the thing that you want with him and so mm-hmm. hopefully that'll put some distance between them and it's like her versus them separately versus two versus two on one right so that's what drives esther to then ask edward of like what do you think of our future like even though he's kind of led her on to be like and once we have the money like we'll finally be together she kind of more directly asks him of like so you know i love you do you love me and he's like yeah kind of you know sort of So he doesn't fully reciprocate the same feelings and even goes on to tell her like, you know, 
Lady Denim trying to match us up with people might not be a bad idea. Yeah, like, you should actually, like, consider Babington. He's yeah. an idiot, but you should, like, consider him. Yeah, so, like, because, like, the money may not come in. So, like, we got to have our backup plans, and yeah. that's a solid one. Yeah. So that breaks Esther's heart. She, well, like, cries. I mean, and for a long time, I feel like we've been thinking of her as the one who's ice cold, and, and she's our strategist, but, like, she has a heart. She wants, yeah. to, she wants to be loved, and, like, the one guy that she has these feelings for refuses to reciprocate and i get why she's like heartbroken yeah we're seeing more that more and more that like clara and edward are the really manipulative ones yeah and esther is just like trying to keep at that level but she's she's really not at that level she's not willing to like sell her soul for this no. fortune yeah, you know? yeah like she doesn't like she where just she's wants at. love she yeah she wants to have a good life and yeah. like i think it's like very impressive that she's willing to see happiness as more than just this fortune you know Mm -hmm. like happiness is like having a loving family and a home and a husband and she's like starting like I think she still only has eyes for Edward yeah but I think she's now been told like maybe don't put all your eggs in the Edward basket yeah So then the episode kind of ends on two things. Really, it's that Thomas is needing to face the reality of his money troubles. Uh, Sydney tells him, like, I can't own your mistakes. Like, I'm doing all that I can. I'm going to town, bringing people, trying to convince them. But at a certain point, like, you got to own up to the reality of that, like, we don't have as much money as you would like. And Sydney kind of storms off and his wife Mary comes in and he's again just putting on the front of like, no, no, everything's fine. Everything's great. And gives her the necklace, this that beautiful necklace he bought earlier. And she's like, oh, great. Like, clearly everything's fine. You yeah. bought this necklace and this guy just isn't facing the truth mm-hmm. of... You know, everything that you were trying to build isn't going to plan. He keeps not being a good businessman, basically. <laughs> yeah, he's not good at it. He's no. like a night class or something. And then Charlotte, uh, after getting scolded again publicly by Sydney. What else uh, is <laughs> I know. Common theme. Goes to Georgiana and she's like, you know, I'm here for you. I I'm hate- back in the club. I'm I hate back in the club. We both hate Sydney. And she even goes to drop off a letter for Georgiana to Otis. Mm-hmm. So she's like, yeah, that's right. I'm part of this. They're yeah. going to be together. They're going to be happy. Yeah. So now the- she doesn't need the ladies maid to drop off her letters anymore. She's nope. got Charlotte. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's where things end. I mean, we're getting more of a dynamic from Esther of like what kind of person she really is and what kind of person Clara really really is mm-hmm. we're again we're kind of like in this up and down relationship between charlotte and sydney of like are they cool are they friends what are they and it's always like this big power imbalance between them so not great nope <laughs> and we just started to like sydney now we hate him again we i know hate him for being we racist do. maybe we hate him for splitting up Otis and Georgiana, and we hate him for yelling at Charlotte, you know? Mm-hmm. So hopefully yeah. he can win back his favor. So tune in next time as we continue to see what goes on in the town and series of Santa. Santa. <laughs>